Hello, uh, welcome to our introductory episode of Catalytic Converses, a name too clever for its own good that I can still barely pronounce, but we're sticking with it. My name's Josh, and uh, who am I? I'm an Agile coach, I'm a Scrum Master, uh, I am someone that's passionate about our communities and knowledge sharing, and someone who enjoys uh, talking frequently with uh, my companion here. Very kind. Uh, and I'll use that as an excuse to introduce myself. So hi, I'm Simon. I'm a producty person. I hang around product uh, is probably the best way to describe me. I am a community person as well. So I see my role in life as bringing clever people together to make things happen. And that's grown up out of financial services predominantly, which is my domain expertise, but always around technology and change. And um, yeah, I find myself today looking at the world in a more uh, design outcomes world than perhaps I did when I started this journey, which can only be a good thing. And so these conversations for me are cathartic because they help organize my brain. And I'm somebody who believes that if you think you know everything, you're probably wrong. I think one of the things I've been uh, really passionate about and really enjoying in the last few years is deep conversations with people that have got big ideas and to me, that's what I want catalytic conversions to be. I want to tackle interesting and varied subjects. I want to get various people on and have interesting conversations with them. And this all roots back to doing various panels and uh, conversations and interviews at Agile and Leeds in particular. Shall we move on to our first ever question of the day? Uh, so I, I plucked this one fairly out of thin air, but I think it's a... An interesting conversation. Um, I was reading various discourse on uh, LinkedIn this morning, and of course, the subject of metrics in agile teams came up. Um, or even in non-agile teams, to a degree, metrics and delivery came up. Um, and as I want to do, and as I think we both generally do, I tried a mental exercise of taking that to the extreme. Um, so the question I've got for us today is. If your Agile team can measure only one thing, what should it be? Um, I know I've got ideas, but I feel like posing a question and then being the first person to answer it is rather rude of me. So what are your first thoughts on that, Simon? Agile teams are obsessing with this question all of the time. Um, and, I, and I know I've got a strong view of what it isn't. Um, and then I've got a, a cop-out view or what might be perceived as a cop-out view of what it is I'm going to start with the what it isn't right, and it's not velocity. Uh, I spent I've spent a lot of time recently having that having that conversation, and I'm going to summarize this with some playback that wasn't from me actually, that came from a, a product owner that I've been working with. A scrum master approached the product owner and said, "Hey, your team's velocity is rubbish," and our product owner did a beautiful thing. They went, "Yeah, but look at all these releases." Uh, and look at all this value associated with those releases. I think that's where I start with it's not, and it's useful to the team and in the context of the team and and for certain things, but not as a not as a comparing apples and oranges across places. And I fear that that's you know when agile soldiers productivity, that's that's all people are interested in. Well, what's my what's my productivity bar, right? So I think that it's team health and that is a combination of things. I'm, I'm going to summarize that as a happiness index. And the reason that I picked that is because I think that that drives everything else. Uh, and by everything else, I mean, if you're working on something that you feel is valuable, if you are being productive, if you are producing quality, if you are being creative, if you are being challenged and growing and developing, that combines to a happiness metric. And 
team happiness will drive the other things that you need. So it's a cop out because it's actually more than one thing that you need to look at to, to build that up. And I think I'm just going to caveat. I think it's really important. That it's more than one thing because team happiness, some people might go, well, let's assess people's stress levels. Well, that's a really scary metric for me. Like if I'm having to go, how stressed are you? There's a problem. The question framing the conversation, how stressed are you implies that we are already at least somewhat stressed. So for me, it's kind of that mantra around build it and they will come. If the teams are focused on their health, their happiness, then that will drive the other things beyond that. And if that's at a team level, then that's driving organisational objectives as well. As often will be the case, I match your views there. Uh, my, my one answer that I thought definitely wasn't velocity. Um, I, I do think there's an interesting podcast for us to do in the future there about velocity and team metrics at that level. What I really like is that we've done intros and we've told everyone that I'm an agile person and you're a product person. And in the answer to our first question, you've taken the absolute classic agile coach answer to that question. Um, and funnily enough, it's not the answer I had in mind. And I actually think that the answer I have in mind is quite a product answer. Um, so I, I guess that brings me on to my turn to answer the question. And um, I, I kind of narrowed it down to two things. So the way I, but I was thinking about that early, early adoption journey that we've taken so many teams through. And, um, you know, you might not have yet got to estimation or velocity of any of those things. You might not necessarily be educated enough to think about team happiness and health. Um, because sadly, that those things aren't necessarily uh, easy for everyone to just start doing. Um, and I, I thought back to, you know, if I go in somewhere, going to a client, going to a new company, and I want to get a level and to get a sense of just how agile I, I think this company already is. There's one question that comes to mind to me. There's one thing they should be measuring, and it's how long is it since you had feedback from an actual customer? Because if what we're trying to do is get things in front of customers as frequently as we can, hear back from them whether it's what they want or it's not, and go around that cycle and improve and all the things that we think are really good in Agile. If you're not hearing back from actual customers, then you're just making a whole bunch of assumptions. And it's not even a hard thing to measure, right? When do you do it last? Note down the date, and then have one of those big chalkboards with X number of days since last feedback. So, so I love that uh, in terms of just that concept of having a board and its number of days since last took feedback. I think that's great, and I think teams should do that immediately. Do that now. My concern with that, or not concerned with that, but where I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for the happiness metric is, um, it's great, and all feedback is great. But if all you ever hear from the customer is they hate the product, which is what you want to hear, right? If the product's terrible, you want to hear that. Um, but then there's a problem with the health of the team. My backup answer, which I prepared in case you'd actually gone for my answer, is it is almost as good. So my backup answer was, uh, how long is it since you last released? Um, and actually, I think both of the ones I'm suggesting could very easily be folded into a team happiness and health. It strikes me it's about maturity and you've got to pick really simple things that are easy to measure and don't and are not really complex to understand. And it, so it depends where you are in the in the life cycle. I was having a conversation the other day about releases, funnily enough, and saying, okay, so you've got a bunch of teams now and you're getting stuck behind each other because your route to live is is not capable of doing more than sort of waterfall releases. Um and they were like, yeah, 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 but we're going to solve that. We'll solve that with infrastructure as code. 
Okay. And everybody's really excited about that. And I said, that's fine. You're going to solve that. When are you going to solve that? Oh, it's, it's quite a lot of work to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably 12 months worth of work for you. Um, Cause you've got to redesign your infrastructure. You've got to train people. You've got to sort your pipelines out. Da, 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 da. So you're going to just suffer this problem for 12 months or are you going to mature slightly and come up with a, a transition to get you there and move the needle a little bit and focus on moving the needle sitting and reflecting on what you've said. I actually say that one metrics different depending on where you are in the, in your maturity. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, and I, I've worked, we've worked with teams that were releasing six months, maybe three months. Um, I've worked at clients that were delighted if they could get one or two releases a year out and, that's, you know, it's understandable for clients that are in that position, right? This stuff isn't always easy. Um, you don't know how, how old the code base is, how difficult it is to ship it out the door. I've also worked on teams that were releasing five and ten times a day. Um, I know which one I'd rather aim for. Um, releasing frequently, absolutely. Helps reduce risk and um, makes everything flow a little bit nicer. Uh, and that's kind of where my thinking came from in terms of it being my backup answer, and and there's a there's a cool debate. So I'm I'm saying these things now because um, at some point it might be incumbent on me to come up with some ideas for these. So here's some ideas for for future discussions. The ability to release as often as is necessary is really important, and striving for that as a capability, I think, is is a sign of an organization's health. Having said that, releasing ten times a day is potentially a sign that you've got some stability some quality issue depending on what you're releasing and where you are right context specific so if you that if we go back to what that product owner the retort of the product owner i gave earlier hey yeah but look at all our releases that's only helpful when it's attached to and here's the value that that's delivered i guess there's a danger isn't there that one thing in isolation uh and maybe that's the answer to this one maybe you can't because one thing in isolation can give you, if it's number of releases, well, we chase number of releases and we're releasing loads of stuff all the time constantly. But what is that stuff and what's the value of that stuff? We're getting feedback all the time. We spoke to a customer yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before, and they all told us it was bad. We're doing nothing about it. Our metric is to speak to the customer. I think through our conversation here, we've actually revealed what the ideal answer would be. But I think we've both chosen answers that hint towards it because the ideal answer is so hard because the ideal answer is value right it's we are putting valuable things in the hands of our customers um sadly uh what i think our listeners will be hearing is that both of us are um well aware that that's a very difficult thing and so rather than us both going well obviously it's value and having a three-minute podcast that no one would listen to um instead we're going to make a 20 to 30 minute podcast that no one wants them to where we talk about things that drive you towards value instead i spoke i, I won't name the company um but i i once spoke to the cto of a uh a financial services fintechy type unicorn startup and uh they had a really interesting discussion with me about okrs they said oh as an industry we're crazy about okrs right now we're doing you know we've implemented them at company to be unnamed and the problem i've got now is i've got a bunch of people who are absolutely obsessed with their okrs and they're smashing their okrs and nothing works because everybody's focused on hitting the okr and ignoring anything that's beyond that okrs being objectives and key results for listeners who aren't aware yeah exactly so i think it goes back to the point that you've just made which is value 
is what you're trying to deliver. And value is very difficult to measure and different to different people. And, uh, you know, and, and you've got, so you've got to get a balance of things. And by being too narrow about your focus on metrics, you can have unintended consequences. Well, I do come back to you because I, I think money is a good answer. So I'm going to go back to it. If you are trying to go on that agile journey, you are trying to go on a transformation, please reach out, listen to your actual customers, talk to people that actually have your product in their hands and other people that you're building it for. It really is essential. Yeah, there's zero point in... I've spent a lot of time in organizations that... Um, let's take payments, for an example. I've spent a lot of time in a payments organization that's there going, hey, and we're doing this and we're doing that and, and here's the products and none of that matters to your users what's the job they're trying to do oh you've invented this whizzy app that they're going to pay for their coffee in the coffee shop and to do it you've got to use two hands and they've got a coffee in the hand and they're in a queue so it's not going to work yeah speak to the users understand their context understand what value looks like for them because the people in a room who understand this stuff are not the right people to answer the question also if you can observe them using the thing don't ask them how they did the thing um because if you ask someone how they did the thing they're probably going to give you the answer that they think you want to hear. Um, so the more you can observe uh, and see actual behaviour rather than just, hey, no, I did that thing exactly how you wanted me to because that's definitely the answer you want to hear and you're paying me £5 to give you this answer. Tech-savvy users that have opted in via an email to join a, a, a group that gets to preview things and give feedback, they're probably the wrong group of people to put into a group think situation to give feedback. Yes. Yeah, um, particularly if it means that the less tech-savvy and less enthusiastic people are just not going to know how this stuff works. Feels like uh, feels like we've achieved something there. I hope so, even if it was just 20, 30 minutes of us having a nice chat. Um, and this is only worthwhile if that continues being true, right? We're doing this because we enjoy chatting with each other. If off the back of it, we get other interesting conversations. And uh, I really do hope that people do get in the comments and tell us their thoughts on it, because uh, I want to hear what other people think. I want to hear people tell us that we're both full of rubbish and uh, talking nonsense and tell me why I'm wrong. Um, I love hearing why I'm wrong. Um, and I'm not even being sarcastic. Challenge reviews. Tell me what I could be doing better. Um, makes far, life far more interesting than just, yeah, of course you're right let's have a conversation i love a debate i love a conversation and uh i love learning something new and shaping my own ideas because if i had uh if i had all the viewpoints and all the understanding and all the experience then i wouldn't be doing this i'd be i'd be laying on a beach somewhere because i'd have sold all that knowledge beach does sound nice right now get in the comments uh folks and uh we'll hopefully hear from you and you'll hear from us again very soon for the next episode of catalytic converses